So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It is awesome having you tune in. In today's episode, I actually want to focus in on something that is a very interesting topic and that is around how our investing improves or deteriorates with age. I want to help you unpack what are the pros and cons of age when it comes to investing, if any. And if you are listening to this and you are an investor with kids, then I would encourage you to share this with them. If you are a more mature investor and you want to think about what this means for your efforts right now, then I think this is definitely worth tuning into. So, where I want to start today and what really inspired the topic for this podcast is uh, I have a love of playing games and uh, sadly, at this point in my life, I'm not surrounded by too many people who share that love. But I, uh, a few years ago, I bought this game. It's a card game. It's called Jungle Speed. And I bought it for my youngest who uh, at that time was actually still an avid fan of game playing. And essentially what it requires you to do is it's a game of being able to not only process mentally patterns and similarities, but it's also a reflex game because you got to kind of grab this totem every time you see a match amongst cards that look almost similar, but sometimes in some cases are not. And there was an afternoon a few years ago where we sat to play this game at home. And the funniest thing was I could almost feel the cogs of my brain kind of turning and struggling to keep pace with what my son was doing. And at that point, he could pretty much thrash me 100% of the time. And he would laugh hysterically about how slow I was. And unfortunately, as time passed, he got to the point where he just wasn't that interested in playing with me anymore because for him to win all the time was a bit boring. So, at that point, we uh, switched to chess where maybe occasionally I could give him a run for his money. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is because I think there's a lot in here which relates to the way that we invest. Um, I realized that a lot of things actually feel like they slow down as we age, the body, the mind. And, you know, what I really wanted to do was understand, well, how did this connect to my investing and my results? So, I actually went on a bit of a, a search because the thing is, I think as we get older, as we move towards our goals, our interest and ambition in investing obviously shifts as we get older and maybe we're kind of approaching or we've surpassed the goals that we have around our investing, our other priorities start to emerge like family and health and life in general. Our reflexes definitely slow down and the agility of the mind is said to reduce and finds it harder to compete with younger, more agile minds and bodies. On the flip side, there is clearly more to life 
and well-being. And if we're fortunate enough to hit our goals earlier than most, then we have the liberty to have impact in other ways. And there are a lot of really strong arguments out there which talk about the idea that experience definitely overshadows that speed around decision-making. So, yeah, really what I was looking for was kind of what science and research has been put around this thinking that could actually give me some insights into what aging actually means. So, the first study I came across was by the National Library of Medicine, and they did a study which really talked about what happened as people aged and how did it impact their ability to specifically make financial decisions. And the thing that they found was that as people got older, they definitely experienced a decrease in memory and visual perception. And they talked about this idea of spatial relationship of objects. So, they discovered that a drop in condition in terms of cognitive abilities also correlated to a drop in self-confidence. They found that the relationship to managing one's own finances might be okay because obviously as some people get older, their finances get less complex. But there was also a large cohort that showed that as their cognitive ability decreased, it also showed an increased likelihood of needing to get help with financial decisions. So, given that I think universally they said your cognitive abilities reduce your ability to kind of be as quick with your mind slowed down, what they showed was that there were a lot of people that needed help, but no question their ability to make financial decisions deteriorated. There were other studies, um, another one here by Cornotius and Kumar, and they found absolutely that older investors exhibited less investment skill. And then there was another one by Finkhow and Hudson, and they also said that the average financial literacy scores definitely decreased by about 1% for each year after the age of 60. So, look, I find that absolutely fascinating. I think as well, like there are so many examples of really skilled investors who are over the age of 60. Obviously, people like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are the anomalies in many ways. There aren't too many people of their age group who are still 100% active around their investment decision-making. But here's the two questions that I want to kind of explore today. And the first question is, if we know that we are sharper and can process information more quickly when we are younger, what does that mean for our investing? And then I guess the question at the other end of the spectrum is, if we know that our cognitive abilities are going to decline, what does that mean for our investing and for our wealth? And, you know, I've kind of read these studies through and I've really tried to kind of apply that to my own experience and what I've witnessed in other people. A lot of people that I have coached have often been much older than me. I look at people who I see right now who are financially independent, maybe even some ultra wealthy candidates. And I look at what are they doing and what are the lessons that we as mere mortals can glean from them. So, the number one insight, and I've got three big ones today that I kind of want to explore. The first one is this idea of be a lifelong investor. So, what that means, regardless of where you are from an age perspective, 
is start as early as possible and never, ever adopt this idea that you are done. Um, now, we all know uh, from other podcasts that I've shared that part of the reason that Warren Buffett became extraordinarily wealthy is not because he was the greatest investor of all time, but because he invested for over 75 years. He started as a 10-year-old and just frankly has never stopped. He, if you look at his wealth trajectory, made 99% of his wealth after his 65th birthday. So, he's worth about 85 plus billion dollars now. 81 billion of that came after his 65th birthday. So, the point that, that I'm making around this is I think the lesson isn't so much about you know what your brain function is like at different ages, but this concept of adopting that there's no retirement from being an investor. Being an investor has to be a journey that you put yourself on as young as possible and that you continue to refine, upgrade and improve for your whole life. I think that, you know, Warren Buffett kind of encompasses that and edifies that. And so, I know, you know, in my own household, we've talked about the idea of investing from when my kids were very young. I encourage my clients to do that with their children. The concepts can be made very simple. And I think if you are someone who is earning money, whether you're a 15-year-old or, you know, someone entering the workforce, maybe you've become a tradie, maybe you've gone to university, but the idea that you should start investing from day one is a really, really important concept and everyone can take some steps towards leveling up as an investor. So, that's the first lesson I think we can glean from all of that research is be committed to being a lifelong investor, um, which for some people is actually uh, a bit of a radical idea. I recognize that. Um, Most of us, and I would say the traditional model of wealth building says that, well, when you get into the workforce, you, you might think about investing, but as you progress in your career, you want to be an investor for as long as you can, but then you pull up stumps and you you just sit back and cruise from age you know 60 to 67, somewhere around that traditional retirement age. And I can't even tell you how, I, I mean, that's another podcast again, but I can't even tell you how wrong that feels to me. Um, I think if we really care about legacy, if we really care about impact, then we have to be stewards of our money. We have to be investors for life. So, I won't say any more about that, but that's the first lesson. The second lesson that I wanted to really kind of pull out here, and this is particularly relevant for younger investors, is that we need to use our youth to do the hard yards. One of the things I would say is that when I talk to a lot of teens and younger investors, there's excitement, there's fear, there's overwhelm. And one of the things I would say as a younger investor is, you know, really cultivating that understanding that it is a time to experiment and not to fear mistakes. I think the the four pillars that I often reference as far as if you can, as an investor on that lifelong journey, understand that the four areas that we need to constantly upgrade our stewardship, our mindset, the way that we relate to money, our knowledge, both in the form of education and wisdom. And then the final one, investment effectiveness, getting really good at choosing investments. If we think about those four pillars, when we're young, really what we need to focus on is our stewardship, meaning getting really good at caring for the money that comes into our world. Now, when we're younger, typically that's just our active income. But as our wealth grows, it will become the assets that we manage 
passive income that we create. But stewardship has to be the number one priority. Behind that is educating ourselves on how investments work. And, you know, when we're young, I think, you know, we can often be very anxious to get into deals. And in fact, probably the number one question that I get from younger investors is what should I invest in? And for me personally, and again, not the subject for this particular podcast, but for me personally, worrying about what you're going to invest in is putting the cart before the horse. You need to really get clear on how you're going to really be an exemplary steward of your money. Then you can worry about the knowledge. Then you can worry about the the deals that you do and it has to happen in that order. So I guess the, the lesson that I want to really emphasize there is use youth if you have it to do the hard yards. Be a sponge for wisdom, verify results, look for proven mentors, be really conscious of those four pillars and be really clear about what it is that you want, what it is that you want to achieve while you're a young investor. The final lesson that I want to kind of convey in this particular podcast is this idea of mindfulness around investing and in particular mindfulness at all ages. Uh, I think, you know, outside of wealth, but in life in general, it's really important to embrace the season of life that you are in. I know a lot of people who lament old age, who wish they were younger, who wish they had their younger body or think, you know, regretfully about the things they would have done when they were younger. And the truth is that clearly being old might actually mean that your thought processes are slower. But the thing is, we can always strive for the best quality decision-making possible. So, if you're someone who is maybe in the second chapter of your life, the second half of your life, then yes, you might be kind of slower to understand, slower to make decisions, but you can still strive for that best quality decision-making. If I was wanting to give advice to my younger self on this particular topic, it would be slow the hell down on my decision-making. Stop being in such a rush to do deals. Stop operating from a place of FOMO. Selena, stop being so easily led and influenced by people who say they have the wins or allegedly have the wins. You know, if I was mentoring my younger self, it would be all the stuff that I've said today, like get those fundamentals right first and the rest will actually just happen. So, if you are young and you have a good runway to play, time to make mistakes from which you can recover, again, focus on making the highest possible quality of investment decisions you can because that by itself, if you get nothing else, if that by itself is what you focus on, it will immediately set you apart from the masses who are, generally speaking, getting pretty crappy results with their investing. There was a journal that I've mentioned on past podcasts by the name of William Green. He spent his entire career researching and interviewing the top investors of the world. And the thing that I loved the most about the research that he pulled together, because really what he was saying was, you know, if you looked at the top 40 or 50 investors in the world, what were some of their congruent characteristics? And one was that concept of humility. So again, embrace where you are and where you are not. I think what I've witnessed often is that a lot of people a lot of investors become frenetic about the wealth building at a time in their lives when they can least afford to lose. I've seen this very commonly amongst people who are maybe approaching some form of formal retirement. They realize they have a shortfall and then they take wild, unresearched financial decisions to try and bridge the gap. And at the other end of the spectrum, if you are a younger, newer investor, sometimes you need to recognize that your greatest challenge is the sea of investment 
information that's out there. Some of it very much designed to push you towards certain kinds of thinking and certain kinds of investing because it pads the pockets of others. You need time. You need time to learn. You need time to process and experiment. So again, really embrace that part of the journey. And as William Green pointed out, have the humility to recognize that you are on a journey to learn. There is always more to to learn. So guys, in summary today, I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to investing, when it comes to age, there are definitely seasons of our life where we need to have a different level of cadence and energy when it comes to our investing, for sure. Our brain, the elasticity of our brain, the cognitive ability of our brain is definitely something that we need to just recognize that, you know, will change at different stages of our lives. But frankly, in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily equate to the outcomes. You can be a slower decision maker, but that doesn't necessarily compromise the outcome if you continue to cultivate those four pillars and continue to generate mindful investing decisions. So guys, I hope you found this helpful. As always, please continue to keep your feedback and comments coming in. It means a lot to me to understand where people are feeling stuck. And in the meantime, I look forward to catching up next time. See ya. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to incosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.